Welcome to Hidden Messages. Hi, welcome back to Hidden Messages. We just got back from watching Crazy Rich Asians. We're going to talk about it. There's a lot of stuff to go over. Possibly why I might not have liked it as much and why Alan loves it. I don't love it. I just think it's a good movie. I like it. Well, we'll talk about the merits and we'll talk about the complexities and you'll get a little bit of uh, Asian American cinema history and just stuff about Twitter and YouTube. <laughs> we hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, so we just saw Crazy Rich Asians in the movie theater. I haven't read the book. I, have I haven't not read been, the books either. I've not been tempted to. It's just one of those like really. I've heard they're reads. I've heard they're really good actually. Yeah. I have a friend who who read it and had a hard time getting through it. Oh, really? Okay. Because it was just so frivolous, and it's okay. It's a summer beach read, right? You're talking about people who are just ridiculously wealthy that their lives don't compute to the normal everyday person who has to struggle and work and figure out how to make a living and deal with real life things. So I think it depends on what mindset you go in to reading the book with. Isn't the book supposed to satirize that more though? I like a lot of the criticisms I've read or not me criticisms, but like a lot of the reviews that I've read about the movie say that it, it doesn't satirize the, the the extreme rich people as much as the book does yeah i think there's satire that's done well i see i can't speak to it since i haven't mm. read the book but i trust the person who read the yeah. book who was talking to me about it and there's satire that's done well uh, okay and then there's satire where it's like you're just saying these ridiculous things but it's not enough yeah it's not enough whereas like emma is a satire because Again, she's crazy rich. She's mm -hmm. very wealthy. And she has absolutely nothing going for her in life. Like, she's a complete airhead. And she floats through life without any care about anyone else. And it's very clear how she treats other people. How she doesn't understand that other people might have to deal with problems. Yeah. But I don't know if Crazy Rich Asians does that to that extent. Yeah, I kind of feel like, well, I, again, I haven't read the books. I feel like the movie doesn't exactly satirize the extravagant richness, but sometimes it's just so over the top that you're just kind of like, yeah. wow, that's so over the top. But but not like, but the, the reaction isn't like, wow, I wish I were so wealthy that I could do that. You're kind of like, why would they do that? Like, Well, it's, it's these people who have dumb money, right? Who do stupid things. Like when, he's, when they have like the bazooka on like the shipping cargo yeah. shipping thing for the Where bachelor like, party oh, clearly like, these people need more stress in their lives because they have nothing else to do yeah. than do these but i'm just saying like there, there things, is right? there is a certain extent when you're watching the movie like for example in like the wedding scenes or like something other things where people are just sort of well dressed and there's like fancy stuff going on yeah. where i think you're intended to desire that right where you're glamorous. where you tend to yeah. say like Oh, that'd be cool to be that rich to have that kind yeah, of setup. Yeah, to do whatever you want. But then there are other times where they're doing these ridiculous things where you're just kind of like, all right, you have way too much money. Like, you should, that's, that's just well, ridiculous. And I think you, the thing the movie doesn't really do is balance it against the opposite, right? There's no sense of, okay, this is like stupid rich. Yeah. And so outrageous that people spend their money this way, but there's no counterweight to that. To say, well, that money could have been helpful for I someone else. I think the else. counter, 
the counter, which, I mean, obviously it's not the exact same kind of counter, but like, I think the counter is Rachel Chu. It's Constance Wu's character. Right, but that's In the sense that she's, lame. in the sense that she's also rich, but not phenomenally rich, but, but that but she's. But see, this is, okay, so this is where I, I don't, I don't see that because she's a professor at Columbia. NYU. Uh, sorry, at NYU. She's a professor. Yeah, she's single and she lives in New York, which is probably really, really expensive or she in one of the boroughs. Okay, so she had a single mom. Whoa. Yeah. Like, so she had to grow up like eating like lunches from a Tupperware and yeah. not catered by well, no, I'm not saying chef. that like, she's poor. I'm just saying that right, that's, I don't that's think, the counter that they I, have I is somebody who's yeah. basically middle class or upper middle class. But but in the in the movie, I don't think it's enough of a counterweight. And they don't spend a, she doesn't have she doesn't have any kind of conscience of heart to say like I don't understand why all you people do this. Like do you have nothing else to do in your lives that you have to throw these ridiculous parties or spend all this money? Like, there's nothing from her perspective that says, like, this is this is a waste of time. Like, this is a waste of money. But I like, think... This is unconscionable. I think because part of it is that she's spending so much emotional energy trying to navigate the weird social scene that her boyfriend throws her into. Well, which, I think that's where the movie goes. It's like, it's very much about her romantic relationship. But not just about her romantic I think it's about her dealing with all... Like, so, if you haven't seen the movie yet, I guess we, we're not spoiling anything, but, like, because in the trailer, they already say that, basically, her her boyfriend is this really rich yes. guy from Singapore who comes from this really rich family, and you already know that his mom hates her because that's also in the trailer. Yeah. But, basically, they're there for, like, his friend's wedding, and... She's just supposed to be hanging out, but he leaves her alone all the time where it's kind of like, which I think is kind of a jerk move. Like if you bring somebody across the world mm -hmm. to your hometown, essentially with your family and the people you grew up with, and then you're just like, Hey, you go, you go hang out over there. Like, I think that's kind of a jerk move. Like I kind of hate it when that happens, when, when you go with someone somewhere and you're not comfortable with all these people. And then, and then instead of them taking around and introducing you to everybody, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, there's so-and-so and so-and-so. And, -so -and, -so, and uh, you can spend time with them. Whatever. Okay, bye. And then he just kind of goes off wherever. They do spend some time together. But a lot of times he just kind of leaves her to be eaten by the wolves, essentially. Well, otherwise the movie wouldn't be... Well, no, I'm not saying that doesn't right. further the plot. But I'm just saying well, as a character, he's kind yeah. of a jerk. Yeah, I would say that Nick Young's character in the film is the most passive and in the way the most like Emma. Yeah. He just kind of doesn't care. He just, just doesn't no care idea. what destruction happens yeah. because he's not taking care of things. He's but he's also like, completely oblivious yeah. that these things might be an issue yeah. until after she comes back and says, Oh, look, they did this to me and yeah. like blah, blah, blah. I mean, no, she, even then he's even, still kind yeah, of oblivious. Even then he's like, because oh, at that point so he should have put, at that point he should have put his foot down. He was kind of like, Oh, you know what? We can do something fun later. Like, like, yeah, what? like that's the antidote. Oh, we'll go do something fun. I'm like, uh, they yeah. put a dead fish in your bed oh, and like spoilers, wrote, spoilers but, but they basically like submarined you and your girlfriend and that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Like and, he doesn't say like, I'm going to protect you. That's horrible. Or let me, if you want to just leave, do you want to just leave? Like he doesn't say like, let's, or, let's do whatever or, we can to like, stay away from stop. blah, 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 yeah, yeah. blah person. Like just so you know, They're these horrible. people are good. Yeah. These people are horrible. He kind of insinuates it vaguely where he's kind of like mm, they're, 
are parts of my family I really like. There are parts of my family I don't really like. But really, he should have just gone down the list and been like, never believe so-and-so and so-and-so. <laughs> don't spend any time that's, with these people. Like, I know. But that's why I didn't like him as a character is because he's, again, like Emma, so wrapped up in that world. He has no outside perspective. Yeah. He has no idea how much wealth and privilege and how much that affects the people he hangs out with and grew up with and surrounds himself with. And then she's so different, and he has no idea that those two things aren't. That's why I like Astrid, though, because I felt like she was very privileged and wealthy. But she knew it. But she had kind of yeah. like a detachment from that and an awareness. Like I think that she she, well, she knew, knew how to be like but, humble. But about also, it, right? she knew how that affected her husband. Yeah. Right in um in terms of the emotional aspect of it, obviously. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go into that, but. But she was aware of things. And I feel like even though he, even though Nick feels very strongly about Rachel and like, I think he likes her a lot and clearly he wants to marry her or whatever, but like he's, he, I don't think he really understands what she's going through. No. Right. Like I, I think on a, on a, on a, both an intellectual and emotional level, I don't think he understands the effects of no. all of the stuff happening in her family on her. Like I think when. He's been protected and he's like, been pampered when, and spoiled. Yeah. So it's. He's not a great character. But I will say, regardless, I enjoyed the movie. Like, it... Yeah, I think a lot of people have been sort of really nitpicking at it because I think anytime there's a movie that's supposed to be groundbreaking in any way, people just want to nitpick. There like, they just weird want... stories about, like, oh, Aquafina, her character is, like, appropriation of black culture and all that stuff. I think stuff. there's it's a like... case to be made for that, but again... But no, I... I was like, oh! But kind of but like, again, I'm just saying, I feel like anything that's supposed to be groundbreaking always gets super nitpicked. Like, it's kind of like, yes, those nitpicks are legitimate, but like, are you nitpicking the, you know, Matthew McConaughey movie? Or are you nitpicking like the, you well, know. Well, this is the problem with the lack of Asian American cinema. But that's what I'm saying. They want this thing to be everything. Yeah. And, and I'm it's saying not. it's not everything. It's not a perfect movie. It's not perfect from a cinematic perspective or a storytelling perspective. It's not perfect from a. Sociolog sociological yeah. perspective but it's like why does it have to be perfect no we don't demand that any other mm -hmm. movies be perfect and i think that's why i don't understand i mean i think when better luck tomorrow came out i think i was really caught up in the hype of that i was really excited for it oh my it. gosh i had an emotional yeah visceral reaction when i saw better when luck we tomorrow. saw that I even was... though i didn't think it was that good a movie no no no, no but, i know but just seeing asian american faces on yes. screen not just one as a supporting character, but, but like, multiple. but like, all of the major characters without accents, with 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 American accents, yeah. right? I, I I had like an out of body experience when we were in that theater. I was like, this is weird, but it should be good. But it's like good weird. Yeah. So I I think I got so caught up in the hype of that when it first came out, and I was so excited for it, and I really just. I thought that was going to be the kickoff for a lot of well, other things. Well, honestly, down there the was pipe. there was it it felt to me like that was supposed to be a watershed moment cuz like we had Better Luck Tomorrow, we had Grace Lee Project, we had Charlotte Sometimes and those all came out around the yeah, same that's time. True. And then very shortly afterward there was the Harold and Kumar yeah. thing. Or maybe Harold and Kumar was before that, but it was it was all around all kind around of the, the same, same time. time. And I was just and like John Sh yeah, John and I was Sh like this is this is going to be yeah. Harold and Kumar is doing great in the box office like this is going to be when Asian and that's Americans when, like, Wong Fu stuff was go coming mainstream, up. Yeah. but it didn't happen. Like, yeah. it kind of what what ended up happening was that a lot of Asian Americans 
ended up being supporting characters in mainstream things. Like you get yeah. the one character the in the, the Walking Dead. Stuff. You get yeah. the one character in the Librarians. You get the one. You know, like they're kind of like yeah, one off. They're like a couple of characters in Marvel's Agent of Shield. Like you get kind of like here and there supporting yeah. characters, and it didn't become this thing. And now. I don't know. I'm hoping this is a watershed moment now, but who knows, right? But it's with this yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, with Searching coming out next week with John, starring John Cho. Yeah. And then To All the Boys I've Loved Before coming out on Netflix also around Killing the same Eve time. Killing Eve season two. Yeah, Killing Eve, which is like, it took forever for Sandra Oda to star in something. So I just, I don't know. again, And maybe watershed moment isn't something we should expect, but like, no. will this be a change, a significant change? I hope so. But again, I don't think that it makes sense for like, I think the same thing happened with Black Panther where people are kind of like very critical of how, oh, yeah. how it was handling different ideas. And, and a lot of people say like, Oh, Black Panther's too conservative politically. And, you know, um, actually, you know, well, when it's the only black superhero movie mainstream that's come out. But that's what I mean. You're it, expecting it one yeah, movie to be, be everything, everything, right? Yeah. And you can't expect it to be perfect. So I think for what Crazy Rich Asians is, which is a romantic comedy slash drama, dramedy, it's very good. Like, I, I think say, I would see it again. Like, I don't think I'm, like, dying to see it again, but it's. I thought it was good. I would not I, see it again. And this is where I was going with my earlier thing about the Better Luck Tomorrow hype. Going in, I didn't really want to see Crazy Rich Asians. I know. I kind of dragged you to it. You did. And I, and I didn't want to see it mainly because, uh, to me, this is one of those films that got made at a certain time. Asian wealth is a big thing. I mean, Chinese nations and, and the wealth of, like, Chinese nationals coming in and shopping and that stuff has really rose to the front and I think people are more aware of that now and so I feel like it's the right time for this film to be made but I'm not really that excited about it because I feel like it's one of those like oh it's a gimme project like we'll give it to them we'll give it to them to make this movie and it's it's not like an academy. It's not going to go up for Academy Awards. It's not going to go up for Globe and Golden Globe. It's not it like wasn't that kind a of gimme, series. though. Honestly, they had to fight so I know hard they for did, this. But I, but I just feel like they wanted to put a white lead. I'm not kidding. They always want to put a white no. But that's lead. what I'm saying. They had to fight for this. It, it's nobody in Hollywood was just like, oh cool, yeah, we'll just give you that movie. But there was, was no giving. It was so much funded and fueled by Asian American Hollywood as it is that I understand why it got made, but. I don't see how that momentum and money can continue in the future unless, frankly, Asian American Hollywood just does it itself. Like, right, just keep making it Well, that's it kind of why I liked Wong Fu because I feel like they yeah. don't do high-budget stuff, but they do high-quality stuff. Yeah. Like, I feel like in terms of the production value, it doesn't look like something that you or I would throw together. Like, it's clearly people who know how to make movies and yeah. tv shows but they kind of just do their own thing yeah and and i, I think that's kind of where to go and I, I i will say that like but i don't think it's one or the other i think you want to attack it on both fronts like yeah. you want to do some indie stuff you want to do some mainstream stuff and again we don't demand that of any other ethnic group we don't say like oh well black people you're not allowed to have blockbuster movies or like no, you know I white know. people you're not allowed to have blockbuster movies it's like 
It's inherently We should unfair. have some indie that. stuff, yeah. and we should have some blockbuster stuff, and we should have some mm-hmm. horror stuff, which I don't really like horror movies either. There's a whole but bunch like, of Asian but horror. But I just want to yeah. see this searching movie with John Cho, because it's like John Cho, just like Sandra Oh, has taken forever to be in starring roles for things and to be properly recognized. And how yeah. often do we get an Asian-American rom-com? How often do we get an Asian-American horror movie? Well, right? I it's think... Like, it's, I think this is where I expect, I expect, I mean, okay. So the highest level that I think in terms of equity and, and, and equality within mainstream Hollywood is that actors, no matter what race they are, can try out and get parts regardless yeah. of what if they If we look lived like, in a cultural right? vacuum, yes, then we could do race blind or that the character is blah, 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 who just happens to be black or happens to be. We're not even close to that. No, I know we're not close to that. I mean, but that's what everyone aspires to, right? Eventually that, that race will not be this uh, defining feature for what, what parts you get as an actor. Well, it's not if you're white, if you're Emma Stone or Scarlett Johansson, you can play whatever (laughs) race you want. So I think in that sense, it's like, in terms of like classic rom-com, yes, Crazy Rich Asians returns back to that formula that I think Hollywood has abandoned for so long. Which I frankly missed. Honestly, yeah, like there's only so many There are only again. so many Ben Stiller movies I can watch where he's completely embarrassing himself and urinating on himself or some yeah. other weird thing like <laughs> I want the old school romantic comedies that are actually kind of a little bit romantic and actually a little bit funny without completely being embarrassing yeah and i think we've talked about this in the past episodes too where we've kind of mourned the loss of the romantic comedy and i think it's it's definitely back in this movie. overboard was underrated by the way just side note we talked the, about overboard too didn't we? did we talk about yeah, it i don't remember we were, if we did we but yeah. talked about that in a previous episode so in that sense yeah and i really enjoyed watching constance Wu not do a Taiwanese American accent from Fresh Off Which the Boat. Which she's kind of been slowly losing. Like, I yeah. think in the beginning of Fresh Off the Boat, she really took on the accent. And I remember reading interviews where basically Randall Park was like, I'm not going to do an accent. Like, I refuse to do an accent. Mm-hmm. And and Constance Wu was kind of like, there's no problem with doing an accent. Like, the character has an accent. Like, I'm going to do the accent. But then I have noticed over the seasons, oh, I think, yeah. what are they on the third season now it's or something? like? out slowly. But that her accent has slowly been going away. Like, it's still kind of there a little bit, but it was a lot stronger in the earlier season. And, but yeah, it's great to hear her just using a more natural, her natural American accent. Honestly, I love watching her on screen. Like, I think that she has, like, a kind of charm as a person Mm. that is infectious. Like, I love that scene where she does the hubba 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 Oh my god, and, and we'll it, stop talking about that scene. I love that scene. It That scene brought me so much joy. Like, I know everybody talks about the Mahjong scene and, like, the wedding and whatever, but, like, the scene where she just has, like, the giant glasses and she's like, hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> oh, god. It's just so funny. And I think that having that, I think I've missed having that kind of persona in a romantic comedy. I feel like back in the old days, you used to have Sandra Bullock kind of do that. Now Sandra Bullock's kind of, you can't even see her facial expressions because she's had so much plastic surgery. But like, <laughs> it's like, you know, but I'm saying like in the early 90s, mid 90s, yeah. when Sandra Bullock was doing all these romantic comedies, she had that kind of charm. She had that charm, kind of like yeah. awkward but fun charm yeah. on screen. And I think Constance Wu really brings that well 
with her facial expressions and her eyes and all that stuff. And it, the other thing that is that I also feel like everybody involved in the film knew that this is there's a lot of pressure on this film to do well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, but at the same time, I think you could tell they had a lot of fun making it, mm-hmm. which to me, I don't mind that. Like, I think some people might think the art of filmmaking is you shouldn't really know, like, what's happening behind the scenes or whatever but like I really enjoy watching the actors having fun and I felt like they had a lot of fun doing yeah, it yeah particularly certain people like I think Ken Jeong had a lot of fun you could oh, tell yeah. he had a lot of fun or like Aquafina like I think there were certain people who just like you could tell they were having a lot of fun yeah, yeah. doing it and even though yeah the plot I feel like it could have been better particularly with Nick Young but like yeah. Michelle Yeoh killed it uh, no, acting wise, really acting wise, she yeah. killed that role as the mom. Like she was so good. I think she was even better mm-hmm. than she was in Star Trek Discovery. But like, I think she really yes. just yeah. like there was so much. Like she does the scathing, in, judgmental yeah, look in terms really well. of minimal physical movement yeah. with maximum impact. Yeah, <laughs> she killed it. That's true. She killed it. Like she would move she so slowly. Shame, really. And for someone who can do so much martial arts. She moves so slowly, yes. but like just turning very yeah. slowly or just looking, or you're like, whoa. Side eye. She's scary. really good at she's it. Scary. She's scary. She is. She's really scary. Like when you know she's in a scene, you you can't stop watching her because you know at any moment she's going to do a look. Yeah. And then it's just going to like shatter someone's confidence completely. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. she's really good. So I know you weren't the biggest fan of the movie, but what did you like about it? Apart from Michelle Yeoh's skating looks. I kind of wish they had showcased more of the Singaporean market food scene. Oh, yeah. Because they I, have a scene where they do a little montage, but it's very quick. It's and very you don't quick. really see the and food like, that well. I want to yeah, yeah. see what they ordered. Yeah. Well, they mentioned satay, and I was like... You know what else kind of sucked is the movie theater we saw it in, for whatever reason, it was like slightly blurry projection. So I was kind of like, oh, what... What? Come on! Yeah, I and can't the sound, see, can't and the see sound the food. wasn't that loud either. So yeah. like when people laughed, it drowned out. Yeah. Like, there were some jokes we missed. There were some jokes. Yeah, we I was missed like, oh, closed captioning. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was an enjoy. I, okay, so I've gone into a lot of movies before, and I, I, and I went into this film not thinking, oh my god, this isn't the Asian American film I'm gonna watch. It's so awesome. I just went in thinking, this is any other movie. Yeah. Let's see what it's like. It made me laugh. There were moments where yeah, I was there like, were funny parts. there were some funny parts. There were some sad, really sad parts too. But there are also some moments where I'm just like, okay, I just feel like this is really cliche. And I'm like, I've seen this before. And it's just, okay, I haven't seen Asian Americans do it before. So I guess they have to do it again too to show that they can do it too. But uh, some parts of it were just like, it was like meet the Fockers, and I was like, uh, but without the anxiety yeah. of like the weird stress. But it's just like, okay, I I've seen all of this before, and I wish, in that sense, in terms of a movie plot, that really took away from it for yeah. me. Okay, it was it was nice to see Asian Americans do it, but it was tired. There's some parts yeah. where it was really tired. Like you're not good enough for my son. It's like. Oh, good Lord. Like, how many K-dramas have you seen at this point? Like, or like any other, like, but I feel like for other, But like, I feel like for other people, that's part of the appeal is the cliche, though. Uh, that I they just, liked yeah. kind of seeing that same trope over and over again. I just, 
I just wish Michelle's yo. I the thing I enjoyed the most about it was understanding her relationship with the grandmother character, oh, yeah. and knowing that she wasn't her first choice, and that yeah, how yeah. hard it must have been yeah. for her when she was younger. Yeah, no, I to thought also fit into that. World. I thought, that, and that's the only thing that made her character redeemable. Yeah, but I'm saying I think that's good though. It it altered the cliche a little bit. I know, but it was still like, ugh. I think the only scene I really enjoyed was the very first scene where they go into this fancy London hotel in the rain and the Oh yeah. And the clerk and the front desk person they think that she, that she doesn't belong. Yeah. Even though they're carrying Louis Vuitton bags and like she's wearing fur. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, you should go to Chinatown. Maybe you should get a reservation over there." Yeah. And of course, like she goes and makes a phone call and then buys the hotel yeah. from them. And I think in that sense, it's like, okay, at least you could acknowledge that, like, the subtle racism, but then they never mention it again. Yeah. It was kind of a weird... I don't understand. Like, It was why kind of a weird scene because then... I feel like... I don't really think that racism exists. I think racism in general exists, but I think if people see overseas tourists with money, I think they bend over backwards I know. for those people. I don't understand. Like, I think it would be different... It's a different kind of racism when you're, like... You're in your own country. Like, I don't know. I, I I, think part of what makes Crazy Rich Asians marketable to non-Asian Americans, like why I'm sure a lot of people in America, like even a lot of white people want to see it, is because it's actually very Asian still, right? Like it's... Yes, because it's like, in Singapore, right? It's there's not an, in America. There's an Asian American protagonist. There's an, like a lot of Asian British actors and other you know but like but ultimately how much time does the narrative spend in new york not very much no. right and almost the entire movie takes place in singapore there's a lot of mandarin spoken there's you know it, it all the characters are understood to be from singapore even mm -hmm. if they studied in cambridge in the uk or whatever the idea is that these are foreigners right yeah and, and and specifically the the mother makes a note like oh you're so american like yeah. you're so foreign yeah. you don't understand which which given like how little representation we've had in hollywood cinema that's still novel to even have an asian yeah. american protagonist who's living in asia or spending a lot of time in asia but i i really wish that we could get to the point where and this might take a while i hope it doesn't take 25 years but this might take a while where for non-Asian American people in America, particularly white people, to embrace, like, let's have an Asian American protagonist, an Asian American other protagonist, an Asian American basically main cast with a storyline that's Asian American that actually takes place in America. And I think that's why I wasn't particularly looking forward to this film is because of that main point is that it's it's an escapism and it's still very foreign. Yeah. Right. It's like oh let's go to go on vacation with Rachel Chu to Singapore and find out what it's like. Like yeah. I just feel like there was too much of that and it was like the the voyeur aspect of like watching all these people do these things and have this glamorous life and do mm -hmm. all this stuff even though they were speaking English and mm -hmm. they most of them didn't have accents or had other like. Yeah, like Western, like Western accents. Western, Western accents. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's great. But the tension, and particularly this comes up a lot, the tension between Asian Americans who identify as Asian American and those who identify as Asian, 
like international Asians or like Asians from uh, non non English speaking Asians. I mean, like Asians from are, who travel internationally but mm-hmm. are not American mm-hmm. identified. The tension between those two groups and having people who are international Asians understand what racism and appropriation, cultural appropriation is like for Asian Americans. Particularly, there was a there was a story that came up. I watch a lot of like Rachel and June mm-hmm. on YouTube, and they of course live in Japan. And there was this there was this debate about whether or not well, and um, Rachel and June for <clears throat> people who don't know, there are a couple of YouTubers where June is a Japanese. Japanese dude, and Rachel is an American who was studying abroad there, and then she ended up marrying him. Yeah, and she's a white American woman, and so they oftentimes will comment on things, and there was a particular kind of backlash about when is it appropriate for white people to wear kimonos. And so this whole debate going on and the divide was very distinctive in that if you were Japanese and identified as Japanese, you thought it was flattering Mm -hmm. if white people appreciated your culture and wore kimonos and who cares when you want to wear it. If you want to wear it, wear it. You know, it's it's it, it means that you really like Japanese culture. And we want people to like Japanese culture. Whereas Asian Americans who are on Twitter and trying to talk about this were saying, it's not about appreciating culture. It's about the appropriation of Asian culture and the exotification of Asian culture because that I think entertains that Im- white people in America. And that dynamic doesn't happen overseas. But that's what I'm saying. But that's yeah. what I'm saying is that the impact is different though, right? Yeah. And that's why people from Japan, you know, were like, oh, we don't really care if Scarlett Johansson plays Ghost in the yes, Shell or whatever. that's like, another thing. Because yeah. they, to them, it's, it, it is... It it's doesn't like, matter. Oh, it's an American it remake doesn't, of a movie. It doesn't yeah. affect them in yeah. the same way. And when people when those when people do that in America, it affects Asian Americans in a, in a different way. And I think that we're also in a place where things are very delicate and we're trying to figure out our own identities. And so it's very it can be tough because you're trying to like you're trying to figure out what makes sense and people are kind of attacking from all different sides. So I don't know if, I don't know. I just, I just feel like we're, we're a lot more sensitive about certain things because, well, because we feel, we feel that effect immediately. Well, and the history of Asian Americans in America is so complicated and filled with so much kind of murder and hate and exclusion and ghettoization. Well, because, because in, in America, when white people historically have taken things from other cultures, like indigenous people, black people, you know, Asian people, Latino people, whatever, like it's resulted in violence, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not, or they it's make not, money off of those things without acknowledging, Hey, I got this. No, like, but literally violence, yes. like Chinatown didn't become Chinatown because we're just like, Hey, let's share our culture and stuff. It's like, this is literally the only place we'll let you live, otherwise we'll hang you. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, this is, like, it's it's the ghettoization of all of these minority groups, like, that's yeah. resulted in violence, right? Like, it's, you know, it's taking all these indigenous people and telling them, you are not allowed to speak your native language. I'm going to wear this headdress because, woo, this is fun. 
But like, you can't speak your native language, otherwise I'm going to kill you. Like, it's, yeah, and you can't leave this reservation otherwise. Yeah, it's like it, it's not like the whole idea that it's just like, oh, I'm just appreciating culture. It's like it's so mind-bogglingly like divorced from reality and history that I, I don't understand how people can just even say that. But again, that's a very American context in which yeah. we're processing that and understanding that. And so I totally understand if you're from Japan and you just ran into some random white person who's like, I want to buy a kimono. You're like, oh, cool. Right. You know, like it, it's a yeah. very different It is very, context. very different. And I think that's like going back to the movie where I was really hesitant to go see it is because it's to me it's not an Asian American movie. Even though I know Constance. No, but Wu, it doesn't have to be. I know, I know. And at this point it's like we can take we'll take anything we can That's get. That's what I'm saying though. It doesn't have to be everything, right? I know. It's, but I wish but I guess it's like, okay I I just can't in in my mind, I can't rally around it the same way I rallied around Better Luck Tomorrow, which was such an Asian American experience movie. As opposed yeah. to Better Luck Tomorrow, I mean, sorry, as opposed to Crazy Rich Asians, which is not really about Asian America. And yeah. that's fine. It is what it but is. I and I, rally a, around, and but I want to rally around both. I know, I know. And I had a fun time watching it, but I just, I just can't get as excited about it as other people are, as saying, oh, this is like a breakthrough Asian American film, because to me it's not. It's it's a breakthrough film in that it brings Asian American, Asian British, Asian Canadian. It's Asian, not the like, it's like not the other... breakthrough that you want, but it is a breakthrough by many measures, right? Like yeah. in terms of doing something unprecedented, it's a breakthrough. In terms of giving visibility to a lot of Asian American actors, it's a breakthrough. Like it's it is, but okay. In terms of the cast, and I think this is where Twitter had a little thing here as well when when first casting one of the actresses jamie chung made a comment about oh are you just are you just casting people who are of that specific ethnic group like if you're not going to let korean americans try it for a chinese american role what does that mean right mm -hmm. so there was a bit of a tip with that but if you think about the asian americans who are actually in the film you have constance Wu, yeah. you have aquafina yeah. you have ken jung well i want to say wait what about that that's about it no, what about that other dude, the guy who's like on the Daily Show, who like wants all the right camera angles and stuff? Oh, Ronnie, Ronnie, Chuck, yeah. Ronnie. But he, he was, he's um, he's not ABC. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's, he's overseas born. He's overseas born, and he still has an accent. Yeah. Right, even though he's on the Daily Show, right? But yeah. in terms of like, and he may identify as Asian American, right? Mm -hmm. But in terms of like his accent and how people will perceive him, he will never be that. Yeah. So in terms of Asian Americans, like actors and stars, there's only three of the entire thing, which is fine. But again, no, how many movies can I you know. think of that have three Asian American stars in them? I'm just saying in terms... It's a breakthrough. It's, it's not the breakthrough you it's want. It's a break breakthrough. It is a breakthrough. It's not the breakthrough I want. But I'm saying that's okay. Again, I don't think that it needs to be everything. I don't want it to be everything because I actually think if it's everything, then it's like, it's like those people the republicans who are like oh well we already had a black president so we're done racism's done right 
You know, it's kind of no, like, I it's I, like, I don't want it to be everything because if it's everything, they'll be like, yeah, you got your Asian movie. You're done. You got your Asian American movie. Well, and I, I think want that's this how a lot be... of people felt when Joy Luck Club was made and they're like, oh, you have yeah, your movie now. And that's and why like... I'm saying I don't want people to think of it as having to be everything because A, can't live up to that. And B, we're not done. This is just the start. This has to be just the start. So it just, it presses all the buttons it presses. And then hopefully searching yeah. with John Cho will press some other buttons I, and, and we'll just keep building the momentum and having a whole bunch of things. I that, hope it keeps that press going. I do. I do. I'm not saying I, I don't have hope for that. I'm just saying I, I wasn't, I'm not, I don't understand all the hype. I do. I don't understand all the hype. I do. I totally understand the hype. For me, it's like. Because we've been starved for so long. If you. No, haven't eaten anything and you I get know. some bland but manna you know from heaven you know what's more exciting to me though is the fact that the thing that's more exciting to me than crazy rich asians is the fact that um fresh off the boat keeps getting renewed yeah no i think but i that, i celebrate but i celebrate that, both of them i'm I saying i don't think that there's one I, thing that I we should attach i didn't think that fresh off the boat would last a season more than a season yeah. And the fact that it's getting it's well, and Kim's convenience got renewed too, right? And Kim's convenience, even though I have some issues with the dad's accent, I have that issues one. with all sorts of. Sh I have issues with Fresh Off the Boat. I yeah. mean, it's everything has. But issues. the fact that those shows have have lasted more than two seasons and longer than I think that they would ever have done, and that people still talk about it and it's still funny, and then it's like on network television to me says way more than Crazy Rich Asians. I don't think it's a competition. That's the thing, is that w when people start making things compete with each other, like this this is this whole thing now with Boots Riley and Black Klansmen on Twitter where people are just kind of like, the reaction, so so in case you don't know, Boots Riley has been very, he's the maker of Sorry to Bother You, and he was very critical of Spike Lee's movie Black Klansmen. And, I wanna see it though. Okay, but even though his criticisms could be valid, people are just like, what is this Highlander? There can be only one, you know, it's like, <laughs> and I feel the exact same way. It's like, so there are, I mean, why? Yeah. I celebrate fresh off the boat. I celebrate Kim's convenience. I celebrate crazy rich Asians. I want to celebrate all these things and they're all problematic. They all have issues and we can nitpick that stuff. But like, I don't think it makes sense to say there can be only one that this is, this is the perfect Asian American or Asian Canadian representation and then we should embrace this and disregard all the other stuff it's like these are all great things that are happening and really the real progress is if you can have crappy stuff and survive right so right now crazy rich asians is such a high stakes thing because if it did terrible at the box office right which, it would which, never which it didn't yeah then there would be racist hollywood executives who would use that as an excuse to say well you know American public just doesn't want to watch Asian Americans. We told you. We, we looked at Crazy Rich Asians and it didn't return, blah, blah, whatever. So th the fact that it has to be good and do well in the box office in order for even other stuff to be made or to be continue to be made, that is means that we're only at the beginning of stages. We know we've arrived when you can make a crappy, the absolute worst movie starring Asian Americans and that... They still make more. And they still just make more because they're like, whatever. Like, it basically has to operate the way that a straight white cis dude-led film operates, right? Like, nobody but you know, says, but you know this Tom Cruise movie, bullshit. this Johnny Depp movie bombed at the box office. What was it? Lone yes. Ranger or whatever? Nobody says, oh, can't cast Johnny Depp anymore. Oh, I guess we can't have white yeah. male-led movies anymore. They're just oh, like... let's make another Mission Impossible film. Yeah. 
So I'm saying when we get to that point, which I don't think we're going to get to anytime soon, but, but that's, you know that's, that's you know because you like the Medea movies, yeah. Tyler Perry's Medea movies, they make so much money. Yeah. So no, much and they still money. use an excuse. And they, they still, still use an excuse. They're like, oh, they're like, oh, people, cinema. they're like, people don't want to watch black movies. It's like, uh, Girls Trip, uh, Get Out, Black Panther. <laughs> it's like how many like barbershop, like so yeah, like many how films. many movies do yeah. you want to have proof that people want to see movies with black people? It's like, but mm-hmm. but I'm saying I do think with black cinema, we're we're not quite there yet, but we're a lot closer to having us having a, like a failed black led movie that doesn't mean we won't get more well birth of a nation didn't do that well yeah but i think a lot of people just kind of abandon ship on that after the whole neat yeah his uh, uh, sexual harassment yeah. claim yeah or rape actually yeah so but i'm saying if if honestly if crazy rich asians had done terribly i think that would have set us back like 20 years like i don't which I, is I I'm not so saying frustrating it's and very so frustrating. Stupid. It's ridiculous, but I'm just saying that's the rationale that these like racist Hollywood execs use. You know what that, would be really great though is that there are crazy rich Asians out there. We I mean your parents know of people, No, but those are crazy rich Asians. I know they're not but, crazy rich Asian Americans. That's the I difference. wish those crazy rich Asians who live in Singapore and Hong Kong would fund Asian American. They don't see it the same way though. I mean, you know it. Asians and Asian Americans are not the same. It's actually very interesting. I read an interview with Jimmy O. Yang about, because, you know, he's in the movie, and about, like, you know... Wait, who does he play? He plays the shirtless guy who does the horrible bachelor party stuff or whatever. Oh, the creepy so, dude. So, yeah. yeah. And they're basically asking about, like, oh, what do you think about playing characters that are stereotypes or that have accents or whatever? And he was actually very angry about it He in terms of people rejecting those parts because he's he's overseas born and he said that when he came to america all these asian americans who have american accents didn't want to hang out with him yeah and those are the people who treated him like crap yeah and so he's he's like they they wanted to separate themselves from me and say oh we're not like him we're not like this yeah fobby asian person yeah so he's like i fully embrace the fobbiness because like those people didn't give me the time of day but and your situation is different if you're overborn overseas born your experience is very different but i, I feel like in some ways he gets the worst of both worlds because yeah. he's overseas born but he also spent a lot of his formative years in the u.s yeah right so he's not fully asian and he's not fully embraced by asian americans who are born here yeah because they think of him as fobby yeah. So then he kind of gets the worst of both worlds in some sense. I mean, it's but, it's a lot of internalized racism. Yeah, because it, it well, it's the same thing that white people did to other white or to to black people essentially, right? It's sort of like when or the Irish, Irish when the Irish the were discriminated. No, yeah. but I'm saying when the Irish discriminated against the way that they set themselves apart to yeah. say I am white like you was to put down black people, right? It's yeah. like. To, if you can find some other group to push down and separate yourself from, yeah. that's your way of saying, hey, no, I'm not like them. Yeah, like, welcome to America. And so, you know, unfortunately, the Asian Americans he interacted with when he came here had that same mentality of like, I want to identify with the dominant group, with the white group, and you're you're pulling me down because you're too fobby and I don't want to associate with you, you know, which yeah, is terrible. Yeah, and I think but... for me that, that tension still exists a lot for me and it's hard for me to separate that from my 
Asian American experience and I why I identify you know how at the end of Slate's Represent podcast yeah. they where say where, do, said, you where see... do you see yourself represented yeah have you seen yourself represented in pop culture media and for me I see myself represented most in Fresh Off the Boat and for me not at all in Crazy Rich Asians because I don't see myself in any of that world to me that's very foreign and not just foreign as indifferent. I mean, foreign, like, that's another person's, that's another Asian country that's not an American. You are not American. Well, I identified right? with the NYU part. Like, when she was doing her professor stuff and doing her, I know, work, but that like, scene was, like, two lesson. seconds. I know, but I'm saying I identified with that. I was kind of like, oh. Or, like, when she was, like, oh, when she was in New York. Or, like, yeah. when she was at JFK and she's like, well, we're coach people. You know, like, like yeah. that that beginning part when they're in New York, which doesn't last very desperation long. Desperation and, uh, what is it? Sm uh, JFK smells of desperation and... Oh, I don't remember what she said, but... Ebola, not Ebola, um, Salmonella. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I identified with that. That felt to me like those are the circles we run in. Like, we know people who live in New York who grew up here. We know people who are professors. Like it's like, yeah. that's, that's to me but, but felt like what our I missed, world. What I missed the most out of that was then, okay, well then what is Rachel's perspective as an Asian American being thrust into this weird world where all of a sudden you're not Asian. You're not like, you're only American. I them. think they, they skirted that issue a bit by making the divide between her and these super richies be more of the conflict than the divide between the cultural divide yeah they like they mention it obviously because like you know michelle yo's character is like well you're very american that way but like i mean she has these side comments but most of the conflict comes around from like we are super snooty family yeah and not so much and and that there's also not a long language barrier because she speaks her character speaks fluent mandarin too yes which i don't know why they randomly dip into mandarin but whatever but yeah i mean there are obviously a lot of cultural differences which they just don't explore very much in the movie and I think they, they kind of make they, it sound like if we yeah. look alike and we can all speak mandarin then whatever and we can all speak english and we can all speak english then or whatever. even like ken jung's character that's like oh i went to cal state fullerton yeah. like blah 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 or, or her best friend who's like yeah. oh i grew up with you going to college in the u.s like i yeah. know what it's like yeah even the way she, you know and the way they both speak is very american right yeah so there's a sense that like and i think that's where for me it's frustrating it's like as an Asian American watching the film, I can see this difference. Whereas I think any other non-Asian American viewer watching it won't understand yeah. the subtle differences. They'll just feel like, oh, Asians are Asians. And right. there's an Asian and, in Asian America well, and there's see, an Asian okay, in Singapore. This is why I don't like the movie. <laughs> and this is why to me it's not the Asian American movie. is because I already get misidentified as an Asian person from not from America, regardless of my accent or what I look like. I could be yeah. speaking and people will still think I'm an ESL teacher or that I teach English in some Asian country. Yeah. So for me, that frustration comes with like, okay, no matter what, I will never be seen as American. Even if I, like, only if I go to Asia and be surrounded by other Asians, will I be seen as American. But in my own country, I will not be seen as that. And so that's where my frustration is that people who watch this film will not get it and just think, oh, all Asians. <laughs> Doesn't matter what country they're from, all Asians, right? They all look alike. They all 
they're all rich. They all are really thin and have long dark hair and are like and are well mannered and like to me like feeds way too many as an Asian female feeds way too many things to me to make it problematic where it's like I don't enjoy watching it because of those things and it gets in the way of the romantic comedy stuff. There were several times while watching the film I had to detach myself from that and turn that voice off and just enjoy it. But a lot of the time I was just like, it would be nice if I could just slip into, yeah, I'm Asian from Thailand or from Singapore or Malaysia or Korea. I, I went to college and high school in America, so my English is like this and I don't have an accent. But I don't want to be that Asian. I want to be Asian American. I want to be seen as part of America. And the frustration is that most of the time I am not. Okay. I think you're throwing way too much stuff onto this movie. Like, honestly. <laughs> it just it just dredged up a lot for me. Okay. That's why I, I did, know, but I, I feel all I of those really same things. Like, I grew up here too. I also have felt othered. I also <laughs> feel like that a lot of times people, you know, think that I speak English well, which I'm like, why wouldn't I? I grew up here. I was an English major in college. It's like, but it, and I struggle with all those same things, but I also feel like the people who will use this movie to reinforce that are just idiots anyway. Like it's just confirmation bias. They'll use whatever they can to reinforce their own weird ideas. There's no movie that's going to suddenly open their eyes to be like, Oh, Asian Americans are actually Americans. Like, or maybe there would be a movie, but that movie's it's gonna take a while. Cause frankly, well, we need more even of the, these movies. But that's what I mean, is that even you say you identify fresh off the boat, look at the name of the movie or the TV show, Fresh know. Off the Boat, right? It's Fob. And Randall Park's character is supposed to be an immigrant. Constance Wu's character is supposed to be an immigrant. It's still not really about Asian Americans just being Asian Americans. But their kids are not. No, I know their kids are not, but I'm saying, well, Rachel Chu is not, you know, it's like, but it, it, it still is like, if you're looking at it from the lens of what are, what are white people who don't have sensitivities around this going to take away from this? I don't think they're going to come out of watching Fresh Off the Boat being enlightened in any way. I know. Like it's, you're, I'm just saying we don't have, you're still applying a very high standard to each of these things that I don't think we're quite there yet. It has to be incremental. There's never going to be a green light for an amazingly sociologically perfect movie that just automatically happens. I don't I don't want it to be perfect. But I I do want the focus of the cinema that gets made in mainstream America to be about America. Well then, you got to watch more Wong Fu stuff then. I do watch a lot of Wong Fu stuff. <laughs> but I'm usually dragging you to watch the Wong Fu stuff. I'm saying you got to embrace it. Like, Single by 30 was amazing. I love Single by 30. I know you were like, oh, you don't like what's-his-face's acting. You know, even though, yeah, even though he's a great dancer. It was a little hard for me to watch him. Honestly, though, it's like, Although whatever. he it looks like he's going to be in the second Crazy Rich Nations. Yeah. If they make that, he'll be the love interest of the second I mean, round. I think they're going to make it because it's doing well in the box office. But, yeah. man, Single by 30 was great. That was so refreshing for me to watch because, A, that was an Asian-American movie or TV show. Strictly sent in America, Asian American. All right, with all Asian right. American. I'll watch it. I'll yeah. watch it. Yeah, and and you know it. It's like it's it's definitely written by people. I don't want to say people like us because I feel like Southern California Asians are a little yeah. different. 
but still, it's it's relatable in the sense of it's a very I, I American. Like, I story. like Wong Fu productions, but sometimes to me they get a little preachy. I think that's their their shtick. Yeah, they're all about being preachy. I know. They're also very heteronormative, but yes, it's, that annoys me as well. Yeah, I want them I mean, to explore some more queer, queer I know, stories. Yeah, and, stuff, and I know but. we're like whining and moaning about everything, but again, like my whining and moaning comes from a very heteronormative perspective and I can't even imagine like how much time it's going to take to make gender non-binary queer cinema well, you know that's the, Asian American like I don't even know where that's going to come from you know what's than, funny is that the 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 Asian scene has actually had more of those cinematic milestones than the Asian American scene has. that's Cause, true because I remember yeah. when in the 80s there was a movie called The Wedding Banquet Oh yeah, that was about, and actually, I yeah, think part, he was, he I think was, part of that took place in America, but it was like a, a gay Chinese man son who gets who, set up with a, a an Asian American woman because he yeah, but like, but he, but he has like, parents, yeah, I think right? he has like a yeah. white boyfriend or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was Happy Together with yes. um uh, Leslie Jones, Leslie Jung and Tony Leung. Yeah, and but that was not an Asian American movie at all. It was no. just strictly Asian or um. Hong Kong or Chinese? Or I forget, but um, I think Hong Kong. Yeah, but yeah, it's true. Asian cinema, in and of itself, has been embraces a lot more gay. Well, narratives. I think I think part of that is not so much sometimes lesbian narratives, but mainly yeah. male. But I feel like that's also another stuff. weird thing where Asian Americans are particularly sensitive to that because I think Asian males in America are are constantly well, emasculated yeah. in popular culture. Like there's all these jokes about like, oh, small penises and like just being feminized feminine. Way, and, yeah. and I mean, unless you're a martial artist, all of a sudden then you're like the height of masculinity, like or whatever. But like, yeah, but there's, there's, there's always this sense that you're like this sort of nerdy, non-sexual person. And I think that because of the toxic masculinity narrative that we have in America, femininity non-masculinity gets tied up with males being gay you yeah. know there's there's like this weird intersection of like anti-woman equals anti-gay you know thing yeah. and, and so i think a lot of asian american males have a trouble really trying to put forth like a good gay narrative because they're afraid that like well, they're, they're already, already being so yeah feminized yeah. but i also but i think it shouldn't be an either or. Like I think I know. we need to we need to reassert that Asian men, Asian women, a, like Asian Americans of of all on the gender spectrum have all these different narratives, and that we can't try to be defensive against just the toxic masculinity narrative of like you're well, not. It's hard when enough. like there's one movie in the past twenty yeah. something years, right? That we're all fighting about. Yeah there needs to be more. <laughs> yeah, because there were a lot of criticisms about Joy Luck Club and I was like, well, those are valid criticisms but it's like, okay, maybe we can address that in the next movie. When's that going to be? You know, it's like, yeah. but it's, again, not any movie is going to be all things to all people so I don't think it makes sense to tie it all to one thing. So, if you are an aspiring filmmaker or screenwriter or producer or actor I think who there is are a lot American, of people out there, honestly. I think they're just not getting she, the time of I day. I just, keep making your stories a part. I mean, I just don't think if there was a way to, to go against mainstream Hollywood and just like go find some other way 
to do it. Honestly, if you are interested in seeing Asian American narratives, the closest thing we have right now is Wong Fu Productions, which again, it's very narrow. It's very heteronormative. It's very SoCal Asian American. And very age specific. Yeah. And it's very like millennial, right? Like, like kind of late twenties, early thirties, but it's still a voice you almost never see anywhere else. Right. And it's the closest thing we have to an Asian American cinematic voice right now. And so if you've never heard of Wang Fu, explore it. They've yeah. got great stuff. They have a, a movie called Everything Before Us, which is really good. They have the TV series they made called Single by 30. And um, there was something they that have, they just recently They just put released out. something called Yappy, which is another TV series they did. So Yeah, support them on YouTube. Yeah, I think, yeah. well, actually, yeah, they have a whole YouTube channel, but Everything Before Us is on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, you can watch that. Single by 30 is on YouTube Premium, which I guess some people don't have. But honestly, you can get a 30-day free trial if you're in America. Yeah. And you could just binge all those episodes if you wanted or pay for it or whatever. And then Yappy is also on YouTube now and I think on Vimeo or something. But yeah, it's it's worth exploring. I think there's a lot, not there's a lot, but there's some Asian American cinema and TV out there that you can explore if you're really interested in supporting Asian Americans because we don't get very much support, unfortunately. Uh, yet, yet. Yet. And, and I think what's most promising is that the, the wave of discussion and and Constance Wu is definitely at the forefront oh, of this. Constance Wu is great. Her I love voice, her. Her voice on Twitter is really strong and she's pushing and pushing. So I feel like... For someone who basically had almost no career before Fresh Off the Boat, she has been so extremely vocal. Like you can tell with celebrities and actors, they're usually very diplomatic about what they say. Oh yeah, Because you can tell shit. they don't want to burn... <laughs> They don't want to burn any bridges. They want to be very polite about X, Y, and Z. And it's not that she's rude or she says like these scathing things against individuals or call people out. But like she just says, but you can tell she she just says stuff that like I could see an agent being like, don't say, don't say Yeah, don't rock the boat. She rocks the boat. She totally rocks it. And I think, and I I really admire her for that. And I think Well, she sticks to her guns and I think that we need more voices like that and to- to not be so submissive and demure and just take whatever take whatever role. Hong well, would give. I think I think the thing with her, just... based on what I've seen with her interviews, I think she's one of the few Hollywood actors who actually genuinely would be happy in theater. Like it's such a cliche, but yeah, like every true. every interview I he- except for Mila Kunis, who's just like, no, I don't want to do theater. But almost every <laughs> other interview that I've I've heard with. A Hollywood actor, they always make it sound like, oh, but I would just be so happy just doing theater. And they're like, come on. Yeah. Really? Like, this is where you get your paycheck. Yeah. These are the people who love you, right? But theater is about craft. Yeah, yeah. But but they're always so pretentious. Like, almost every Hollywood actor is always like, oh, yeah, but theater is a thing. I love theater, whatever. But with Constance Wu, I get the impression that she really would just be happy doing theater. Like even if she didn't make a lot of money, yeah, she just and do it. and that's and that's what she was doing before mm-hmm. Fresh Off the Boat. So it's not like I think for I think she'd been doing it for like ten years or something. Yeah, and essentially never thought her career would go anywhere. And I think she was pretty happy with that. And so I think hold this whole idea of her speaking out and not compromising. I think comes from a place of, well, if they won't let me say this, I'll just go back to doing theater. Like, I think, I don't think that she really feels like I need to be this big movie star. Like, I'm sure she's grateful for the check she's getting or whatever, but. But she doesn't feel the need to pander in order to fit into the system, right? She's pretty much on the outskirts of it and is giving them the finger anyway. 
So I would say if there's more people like her and I think the, the confidence and bravery she might lend to other voices that might be out there would definitely help. I feel like people are are being more and more upfront, like the whole John Cho as a lead man. Well, kind of it's kind of funny Twitter because that was, was really like funny. two years ago yeah. that people did hashtag starring John Cho and hashtag starring Constance Wu. And now we have Crazy Rich <laughs> Asians and Searching. Yeah. They're both coming out a week of each other starring John Cho and starring so Constance Wu. maybe we Wu. should just have more Twitter More hashtags. Yeah, more hashtags that, starring happen. somebody. Yeah. You've been listening to another Hidden Messages podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook and make sure you send us a message on our website at hiddenmessagespodcast.com for any future episode suggestions or comments you'd like to send us. We'd love to hear from you. 